Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how are you doing? It's May. It's May. (laughs) It's hard to believe it's May. I'm just excited. I really like May. And and one, because May is my birthday month. But two, there's just something about May, sacrament season, the end of the school year is coming up, summer is getting close. Spring has sprung. I don't know about where you're at, but here in Las Vegas, the weather has gotten very nice and to the point that I'm actually recording this episode outside in my patio right now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, no. Spring has sprung here. Um, I mean, actually, we're, we're past the cherry blossom season here in uh, the D.C. Baltimore area. That's usually April. But uh, we have um, just these beautiful flowers and bushes outside of our house that are blooming. Um, John, I'll have to show you a picture of it later uh, to our listeners. Unfortunately, you cannot see it. But I love May uh, for those reasons that you mentioned. Plus, it's it's one of my favorite uh, sports seasons of the year. Uh, very obscure, but horse racing, right? We've got the uh, Kentucky Derby that happened, you know, just this past weekend. Uh, we're recording this before that, but then um, we've got the Preakness, uh, which is here in Maryland, and I plan on going to that. And then, you know, Belmont Stakes. So boom, boom, boom. Lots of horse racing going on. Love horse racing. Uh, just enjoy kind of the accoutrements that go along with it and everything. Of course, baseball is in full swing. And uh, yeah, it, Memorial Day, three-day weekend, uh, which signifies the beginning of summer. So May is a good month. May is a good month. And, and, and John, when is your birthday? My birthday is on May 21st. May 21st, May yes, 21st. Sir. That's awesome. So um, we'll have to make sure that uh, everyone gives you a shout out um, on social media, which you're not tip- technically <laughs> on, according to our last episode. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, still, we'll still give you the social media love. But um, now we're not talking about uh, social media, although uh, that was a fun episode and everything. Um, but, you know, one thing that kind of uh, sort of spawned from that that I was sort of thinking about is as a professional, you know, we talked about the church's use of social media and then even our personal use as, um, as leaders. Right. And, uh, you know, we don't have to go down the list of how many men and women, uh, who are seen as leaders in, in the world have made snafus on social media before. Right. I mean, that's just, you, you can start listing it and, and never stop. Um, and sometimes you gotta wonder, is it the, is it the, problem of the tool uh, of the technology or is it something that we're lacking as leaders and uh, whether it is the technology or the leader I think we as leaders have to constantly be developing ourselves being growing so that we can be leaders worth following uh, leaders of integrity uh, something that I love that Jim Collins says is be level five leaders right level five leaders um, and so that's what we want to talk about today is how we develop and care for ourselves and grow ourselves as leaders. I think this is such an important topic and one I've been passionate about for years. And, and Chris, when you and I were talking about this beforehand, I realized that we've never, we haven't really recorded an episode on this particular topic. Yeah. But yet, when I look back on my own ministry, my own vocation, my own career in, in ministry, I realized that the only reason, I truly believe this, but maybe one of two reasons. The only reason I've had any sort of quote unquote success in ministry uh, is one, because the Holy Spirit is working through me. So that's good news and I'm not in charge. So, but I think the second thing is, is really that, that I have been 
trying my best to be intentional about my, my personal and professional growth. And I think it's something that's really interesting that I don't think we talk a lot about in school. And, and let, me, let me kind of provide some background, Chris, if I could with this, uh, is that for the first 18, 22 years of your life, basically, you are provided a plan of growth, right? So you go through school. And you've got the curriculum placed in front of you. You need, you need to learn this topic in kindergarten, this in first, second, third, all the way up. And there are certain metrics that you need to hit. You get grades and you measure yourself on those grades. And you do that, you know, and then you get into high school and then hopefully you get good enough grades, SATs, ACTs, whatever else that needs to happen. You go into college and, and your growth plan is given to you for the first 18 or 22 years of your life. When I graduated from college, it was the first time in my life that nobody else was pushing me to learn and grow. It was the first time that I was like, oh, if I have to do this on my own now, right? No one has set a plan in front of me in the same way that they did for the first 22 years of my life. And I, I, I ran into an author who I absolutely adore, John Maxwell. He's a very prolific leadership writer and uh, has got a lot of incredible books. So we've talked about some of his books in the past. He, he, I was listening to one of his CDs and he talked about how he learned, you know, professional growth and why his own professional growth was so important. And it was at, at an age of 23 that I listened to him and I read some of those stuff like that, that I said, I need to do this and I need to do it like him, you know, as best as possible so I can learn and grow and become a, as Matthew Kelly would say, a better version of myself, right? Um, and, and, and it took a couple years out of college, but I finally was able to take ownership of my own growth and my own leadership in ministry that, that no one ever taught me to do. It's funny how we, we teach our kids all these things in, in, in elementary school, high school, and college, but we don't teach them how to grow after they leave the confines of a, a, an educational institution. And so that's what we're really going to talk about today is what does that look like as adults in ministry? How do we do this intentionally? And we're going to share from our experience, uh, you know, uh, of what we do to grow. And I'll, I'll admit there are times that I'm much better at this than at other times. And I, I think right now I'm in a little bit of a valley <laughs> of, of my own personal growth for, for lots of reasons, not to mention three kids they're a distraction at times. So I love them, but they're also a distraction at times. But that's going to be our topic today. And I'm, I'm excited about having this conversation. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and I, I can agree and I can share in uh, your journey. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why we connected. You know, um, if people, if we haven't shared this before, the way that John and I connected wasn't just necessarily running into each other at a conference. Um, uh, I used to co-host a, a podcast with Tom Corcoran called the rebuilt podcast. When I was at nativity, John was someone who followed and, you know, we would start to exchange tweets uh, on uh, Twitter and um, you know, just uh, kind of started to gain, I think a mutual appreciation for the fact that it wasn't just about doing ministry. It was also about learning the craft and the art and the science behind ministry and, um, and I think that's the same case for any kind of leadership development, right? Is, are you just doing a job or are you learning the 360 degrees of that job? Right. Um, because if you are just doing a job, that's like, you know, being someone in a, you know, think of that stereotypical factory worker that's on a conveyor belt 
that's just you know making sure that things are in compliance, right? But for most of us, not just in ministry, that type of world doesn't exist anymore, right? It's a lot more of an artistic, it's a lot more of a creation, it's a lot more of a scientific sort of strategy, uh, sort of approach. And, and we need to learn how to do that. And, and I love Seth Godin and how he describes, you know, the old school system structure. And I think some of that's changing, but I think one of the reasons why you and I experience that of we enter into the real world and we're kind of like, oh no, like what do we do? Is because sometimes the school systems that we have set up um, are still modeled after the factory conveyor belt um, sort of model. But that's just kind of a theory or a hypothesis out there. But um, one thing I would throw at you, John, or a question that I have for you is at what point did you start to see, like you, you talk about graduating college, right? And not knowing like, okay, how am I going to grow? At what point or were you introduced or how were you introduced to this idea of leadership development? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll back up and say when I graduated from college, I wasn't asking the question necessarily, how do I grow? I didn't realize that I still needed to grow, right? right. And it was actually a blind spot, you know, for me. Uh, and so that leads to your question, how I was exposed to it. Uh, I had some, some really good friends who are still good friends of mine who were entrepreneurs by, by nature. They were self-employed and, and they were in business for themselves and, and, and they they wanted me to get involved uh, in in their business in some way, shape, or form. And, and one of the things they spent a lot of time talking about is is their personal and professional growth and and how that was important to them. Uh, and so I kind of, as, as I befriend, befriended them and connected with them and learned more about, about the, the work that they were doing, they, they actually introduced me to John Maxwell, as I mentioned before. They introduced me to this idea of like, if you're serious about being in leadership, whether it's in ministry, whether an entrepreneur or whatever like that, then you need to intentionally have a plan for growth. And I'm like, what? Like, what does that look like? That's when I was first exposed to the idea like, oh, maybe I need, I need to do something. I need to have something in place. And it was that exposure to, to entrepreneurs of all things uh, uh, who, who helped me understand that reality. And, and I think I always go back to John Maxwell because I think John Maxwell's writings and his, his, his teachings and I just listened to CDs. He's got a podcast now, which is really incredible. I think the, his teachings were really foundational for me and it helped me expand to lots of other authors and speakers and whatnot that I've learned from along the way. But I think that set the tone for me, meeting these entrepreneurs, them explaining the value of growth and how their own growth is going to help them in their own business, uh, helped me realize I should be doing the same thing in ministry. Uh, and then hearing professional speakers talk about that as well. It was a really light bulb moment. It was like those aha moments, like, oh, of course. It's like one of those things that's like, no, duh, I need to absolutely do this. Uh, and that's when I started getting serious about my own plan for growth. And, and my own plan, my, my own plan that, that I had when I was in my mid-20s, it's, it's different than it is today, but it's still intentional. Uh, and, and I think that's the important piece. And I do want to talk about what some of those things I put in place that helped me grow. And I want to hear from you, Chris, how you do that. Um, but I also want to talk about how the shift, uh, how it's shifted over the years, because as, as life changes, the reality is how you grow um, has, to, has to adapt to the realities of, of your life and where you're at in that particular stage of time. 
Yeah. How you grow as a leader, I've always seen it as how the arena around you changes, right? How your environment around you changes, because, you know, let's just use, let's, let's use the military, for example, right? If you are, um, you know, the general of an army, you're going to be leading your troops on the ground different than if you're the captain, uh, you know, of, of your ship or, you know, in, in the Navy and everything like that. Right. And, um, and, and that's as much as I know about military strategy as, as possible, but like, you know, in all reality, like how you lead people in, uh, let's, let's take church ministry, right? How I lead, um, and how I conduct myself as a leader, um, when I was early twenties, no kids, not married, um, is very different than as someone who's married and has kids, probably because now of how I experience, you know, um, children, um, and how much emotionally it's impacted my decisions. Um, and therefore as a leader, there are things where I have to like learn skills on how to remove emotion or be objective where, you know, it's easy as a parent to, to, to be, um, to be biased in, in many different ways in the decisions that I make. Right. Um, so that's an example. Another thing is, you know, with the amount of people I have around me, like if I naturally come into a situation where there are a lot of people who are uh, interdependent and, you know, can pick up the ball and, and run with it when I need them to, um, as a leader, there just might be more encouraging and affirmation where if I come into an environment that, you know, I'm, I'm running solo and I've got to recruit people, then it's learning how to uh, communicate um, and cast vision and uh, challenge people to, to step up. So uh, when it comes to leadership, growth and development, there's so many different skills. But I, I think the first thing that I would say to, to everyone who's listening, no matter where you are um, in your ministry, it's knowing your environment. And then probably I'd add to it's knowing your audience as well. So mm -hmm. know your environment and know your audience and, and move with that. Um, but yeah, um, it's interesting you mentioned John Maxwell, because for me, um, the way that I was introduced into this principle too, was a John Maxwell uh, product, uh, the Catalyst podcast, right? Um, I started listening to the Catalyst podcast. I saw some of their conferences and I'd be introduced to these, these men and women who weren't necessarily in church ministry, that kind of blew my mind. Like that's the first time I heard about Seth Godin and Guy Kawasaki and, um, you know, uh, Scott Belsky and Jim Collins and, you know, uh, uh, you know, John Maxwell, of course, spoke. And then you had Andy Stanley and they talked about leadership and they talked about the qualities of leadership and they pointed to the biblical principles behind leadership too. And I think that's the important thing too is like, you don't have to look in the secular world. You don't even have to look in the modern church world. You can look in scripture and learn a lot of these principles from King David and Moses and, you know, Abraham and, uh, and Peter and, and Paul and, and the list goes on. Jesus. So, well, right. Jesus. <laughs> wow. He doesn't speak uh, for a minute and then he, <laughs> he just jukes me. Thanks. You're welcome. I was going for more, uh, for more uh, examples of people who have failed. Uh, which <laughs> there Jesus you go. has never failed. And just so that, you know, sometimes we look at Jesus and we're like, well, I'm not God, so I'm not going to do this. That's so, fair. That's fair. Of course it's fair. What you did was totally unfair. <laughs> 
<laughs> what oh, um man. so leadership principle number two is don't be a jerk and <laughs> people when they're uh laying out their moment no it's kidding so no Go yeah but but i think i i think your point is really well taken and and, and you're talking about delving into to scripture uh, and you know there there are resources out there that that kind of translate the bible into leadership uh, lessons which i think is really cool and, and you can search those out on your own but but I think that gets to one of my first points is that I, I think reading has to be an essential part of who we are as leaders. And, and probably all of you have heard the saying, uh, leaders are readers and readers are leaders, right? And, and, and if you don't continue to grow and learn, you're not going to be a leader for very long. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's an important principle. And I think an important principle that does stand the test of time. Uh, and, and so I start there. What are you reading? And when I talk about what are you reading, it's, it's, I'm not talking about fiction. And there's nothing wrong with fiction. I'm not against fiction at all. But I'm suggesting that part of your personal professional growth needs to be reading uh, books uh, that, are, that are leadership, that are, are Catholic, that are scriptural, that all these things are going to help you in your, in your field as a ministry leader. And, and I would say that, yeah, you could turn to the Bible and, and look at religious leaders. But I do highly encourage leaders in the church to read a wide breadth of authors um, in, in lots of different fields, including the secular field, because there's, there's diff just different perspective. And so when, when I read like a Jim Collins, who I've read, I've, I have a lot of his books, you know, and, and he's very research oriented, or I read a, a Stephen Covey, or, or I read a Patrick Lencioni, who are coming from a, maybe a secular business leadership research point of view. It, it gives me an insight of a different way of thinking and being than what I'm currently enthralled in, right? I am kind of enmeshed in this world, this Catholic world, uh, and that's good. And what I want to do in my reading is not only read all this great Catholic stuff, and we encourage you to read, you know, the Catholic documents, you know, catechism. I mean, there's a lot of great Catholic books, obviously, you know. But I do encourage people to read outside of that realm, too, because it provides a different perspective, and it challenges my thinking about how I do things. And so maybe I've always done it like this in a Catholic setting, but I read this author who's coming from whatever, the business world. And it just makes me think a little bit different about maybe a certain situation that I'm in. Uh, and so I think it's really important. And, and I used to hold fast to this rule, Chris, and I wish I could hold fast to it today. I try my best, but I fail miserably. I used to read 30 minutes every day. Mm. Uh, and, and when I was a young adult with no kids, not married, that was no problem. I do that every night at home. Uh, and then I got married. I continued it. But then I had kid number one. I was like, uh, I can't do this at home anymore. So I built in time at, in my ministry work to, to read for 30 minutes a day. Uh, and, but reading books that are going to help you learn and grow. And, and we, I can give you lots of suggestions. If you're interested in, in maybe a, a reading plan um, of what books to read, and I'm sure, Chris, you could do the same, reach out to us, questions at thechurchpodcast.org. Let us know that you're interested in that. I'd love, uh, I'd love to share some ideas of some of the books that I've read that have, have been transformative that I think are essential for all ministry leaders. But reading 30 minutes a day. Now, I have changed it to the point I will read 30 minutes on a work day, every, every work day, so five days a week. Uh, but I will be totally honest, I have really gotten uh, out of the habit recently, especially with the move here to, to Las Vegas of doing that regularly. But, and I, 
but I'm kicking myself because I know I need to keep doing it. So I'm finding avenues to read more and more again. So I'm kind of picking that up. But I think reading is an essential strategy uh, that we need to all do. And I don't care if it's a paper book or if it's an audio book. Uh, th that doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm partial to paper books uh, versus ebooks or audio books just because I like highlighting and writing in them and stuff like that. Um, but whatever tool, audio books, ebooks, whatever works. Um, get that brain stimulated through books. And I think that's a very essential piece to leadership growth. You know, I, I can give you a tip on how to buy back some of your reading time. Um, you know, the one place where kids really don't disturb you is the bathroom. And you don't have to go to the bathroom to read. You can just uh, close the door and they just won't disturb you. That's how I end up reading like <laughs> 20 minutes a, uh, to 30 minutes a day. So um, my children don't have any sense of, of privacy. So they come into the bathroom. That's probably too much information, but I'm not yeah, sure that would work. Say, I was going to say, lock the door. But, yeah. <laughs> but they'll just knock incessantly like daddy, daddy. That's okay. That's all right. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, all right. People probably skipped through that or have stopped with <laughs> But um, no, I, I agree. I think reading is essential. Reading is so important. And, you know, I, I think it's borderline. I'd throw podcasts in there as well. Um, and uh, because that falls more into the audiobook realm. And, uh, you know, I try to um, give myself at least 30 minutes of learning every single day. And so that could be reading, that could be listening to a podcast, it could be watching a TED talk, you know. Um, I think any kind of informative or instructional video. And, and, and I think it's because for some people, there, there are some people who are listening to this. They're like, I just don't like reading. I can't read. I fall asleep or whatever. And I, I understand that. Um, I think John, you and I are unique in the sense where um, give us a hard, tangible book. And uh, you know um, uh, like, I don't know about you, but me in the morning, it's a cup of coffee at night. Maybe it's, it's a beer, but just reading at, on my screen porch, um, on a summer day is just like uh, something that relaxes me just to even think about it. And I'm really, yeah, I geek out on, on these different books. Um, in fact, I just finished, I think a really great book called tools of Titans by Timothy Ferris. It's a 650 page book. It took me three months to read it. Like I checked <laughs> it out of the library several times oh, because, gosh, it, yeah. <laughs> because it, you know, it was getting uh, expiring and stuff, but, uh, yeah, for me, it was just so rewarding. And one thing you said that really struck me was reading um, people outside of my realm, right? Outside of Catholic youth ministry is important because there'll be times where I read something. And I'm like, that's a great idea. I wonder if that already exists in the church. And then I'll go and look deeper into church documents or teaching. And, I'll be, and when I do find it, most times it's the case it already exists. I'm like, this is brilliant. Now this affirms something that I can continue to grow not just professionally, but also spiritually as well. And so um, I think sometimes we have the way we can go deeper in our, in our own Catholic faith or Catholic leadership is by being reminded or challenged to look and see if it already exists, which if it's truth, it probably does exist there. So I think reading is key. All right. So 
knowing our environments and our audience, reading, what, what's another like leadership like hack or, or tip or, or step that you would recommend? Yeah, you kind of uh, beat me to the punch there with the podcast. I agree with the podcast and you should be listening to this podcast first and foremost, of course, you know, but uh, what's good about audiobooks and podcasts is you take advantage of time where you kind of are distracted by something else. Uh, perfect example that is in the car. So a lot of you have to commute in some way, shape or form. Look, I, I, I pretty much don't listen to music in the car, especially when I'm by myself in the car. Like it's all podcasts at this point in time because it's, it is, it's time that I have to drive anyways. I'm just sitting there. And so let me, let me take advantage of the time and learn and grow. And so taking advantage of those times where you're kind of doing a, a mundane task. Uh, so I'll listen to podcasts when I'm making beds, folding laundry, driving, uh, uh, working out at the gym or running, you know, those are times I listen to podcasts and it's amazing how many podcasts I can get through in a week. When I stopped commuting on a regular basis and it was working close from close to home and, and, or at home, uh, I lost all my podcast time, but it was amazing how much time I was able to find with mundane tasks that I do that don't require a lot of thinking like driving, you know, uh, where I can learn. And so I'm a big fan of turning your car into a, a, a learning environment, a university. Uh, and podcasts and audiobooks are the best way of doing that. And so, so find those times, you know, especially when you distract, if you're distracted by kids and other things, find those times when you, you have uh, dead time that you can learn via audio. And I, I agree that I think that's, that's a great way of going. And then an, another strategy that I would really focus on is, is what are the events that you're going to this year? What, what conferences, what workshops, what webinars, what, what are you attending this year that's going to challenge you and help you grow to, to hear speakers or, uh, you know, I think there's nothing like going to a conference, for instance. I, I just think it's invigorating. And I think we need to make that a priority in our ministry. And, and I know a lot of us that are listening have that opportunity because we have conferences locally that we can go to and whatnot. But being intentional about what are those conferences that you want to attend and, and how do you want to learn uh, through those conferences? Yeah, no, definitely. Conferences are key um, because, again, you're, you're being exposed to other leaders and, and, and listening to other leaders and you're getting new ideas and fresh ideas. And, uh, and so the more you can expose yourself to other leaders, and, that, and that's really why reading is essential and listening to podcasts and, and going to these conferences or workshops are key is being exposed to other ideas. Um, another thing that I think is important is, is journaling. Um, and I know I've written about that before, but for me, journaling is such a key principle uh, to helping me grow as a leader. And uh, some of it's spiritual journaling, journaling and others of it is just getting like the junk out of my head, right? Like, I don't know about you, John, but I think and have a tendency to overthink about so many issues that um, ideas start to contradict and, and cross over. And some people might be like, Chris, you just sound messed up. But the truth is, it's just like there's so much noise in my head at times that I just need to write it down on paper. And once I write it down on paper, I can offer it up to God and I can just be like, all right, it, it's no longer there. Clear mind, clear head. God, I'm listening. Direct me. Uh, tell me where to go. And so I think for a lot of us, it's uh, journaling is definitely a key, key thing that, that we should embrace. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that I actually don't do well at all. Um, there have been spurts that I've done that well, um, but it's really for me when I have done it, it's really a great way to try to articulate even more clearly what it is that that I'm thinking around a particular topic. And and that's what blogging used to be for me too. And I'm not I'm not blogging as regularly as I, as I'd like to right now, but. But blogging was often the area where I'm able to just start articulate some of my thoughts and thinking and try to help me understand more fully what it is I'm thinking around a particular topic. And then maybe if it helps someone else along the way, you know, then it's great. I'll put it on my blog, on my website or whatnot. So I really like that idea and one that I do poorly. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't even have to be like writing. I, like my wife, she loves those coloring books, you know, mm-hmm. that like are for adult coloring books, like with the intricate designs. I know people who will write poetry or, you know, blog, you mentioned blogging, uh, some kind of creative process where you're allowing your mind to rest and, um, you know, kind of release some of those things for other people might be working out going for a run. I know for me, that's a key release as well is, is going for a nice long run and just allowing those thoughts to, to leave your head because we can get so busy doing, um, that we don't give ourselves time to breathe and, and, and to, and to get lost a little bit, you know, and, and that's one thing I've learned from other leaders. That's one thing I've learned about myself is we have to give ourselves permission to just think and like be bored and let our imagination run. And that can come with writing that can come with maybe it's cooking or going for a run or, you know, uh, uh, you know, playing around with different art styles. Um, I think that's key for us. Um, and kind of leading into that, I think another thing is, is having a hobby outside of work, right? Um, John, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but do you have like a passion, um, hot side hobby, side gig that you do that, um, you know, if, if you didn't have to worry about work or career or anything like that, you would just enjoy doing this just for the sake of doing it? Uh, yeah, I would either be outside hiking or I would be traveling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can agree with me. I think it would be cooking or, um, or baking or, you know, creating something in the kitchen, something edible. Um, and, uh, and it's not that I, I have this desire like, Oh, Chris, why don't you pursue your chef career or your chef, you know, cooking desires. It's not that, that to me is that's, that's work. Uh, for me, this is a, like a hobby that, you know, if I can learn more about how bread, how to, how to bake bread in, in different ways and like the different chemicals and, uh, procedures and the science behind baking, I think that is definitely key as well. So having your hobby. So, uh, you know, it's environments and audience, it's, it's reading and learning, and then it's having a way to process your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we could spend, you know, hours talking about the subject, but John, is there another one that you think is essential for helping us with our leadership growth? Yeah, I think just one more for me that I'm, I'm trying to, the older I get, be more intentional about is, is the idea that if you're the smartest person in the room, then it's time for you to leave that room. What do I mean by that? What do I mean is we need to surround ourselves with people that are smarter than us. So what opportunities do you have to, to sit one-on-one or take out to lunch someone who's been there, done that, who's ahead of you on the journey or has expertise in a field that you don't, that you could just learn from? Uh, there was a time that I was much more intentional about this and I'm working, I'm working my way back up to it. But one of the reasons I mentioned conferences earlier is conferences I find is an opportunity for me, uh, to, to meet with, with people who, who are smarter than me. Uh, and, and it's not just attending their workshop, but can I, 
make time to be with some of these individuals while at a conference, where it's grabbing a breakfast or a coffee or, or a beer or something like that, uh, just so I can pick their brain and learn from them. Uh, <clears throat> there's so much wisdom out there in, in, in leadership in the church, uh, and I want to take advantage of that. I don't need to learn everything on my own the hard way, um, especially if others have been there before me. And so... How can we as leaders intentionally connect one-on-one with people who are smarter than us and to learn from them? I think that's an important strategy too. Uh, I, I know some people, you know, suggest, oh, you should do that once a month. Uh, look, I aim for a couple times a year and that's probably realistic for me. It's usually around a conference or a meeting or an event that I'm at where I can do that. But um, meet with people who are smarter than you and, and take the opportunity to learn from them and ask them questions and write down notes and, and become a better, better leader because of it. Well, I think there are those speakers on the national level or people on the national level, but then also look in your local parish. Like maybe there's someone who owns a local business or someone who is a community organizer that is just killing it. And someone you can sit down with and say like, Hey, like um, just tell me how, how do you manage your employees or uh, what are some ways that you've overcome failure or, you know, like, in, in the economy that we have, like what are some of the strategies? How are you staying ahead of the curve? And learning from those, those men and women. And in fact, that can create more engagement from them into your parish, um, especially if you're a pastor with a parish council. Uh, try to get those types of men and women on your parish council or if you have like an advisory board or whatever teams that you have. Like make sure there are men and women who you go to as experts, not necessarily in your field, but experts in their field so that their wisdom can can, um, you know, leak into, into your realm and help you do what you need to do. Um, so no, that's definitely a good one. And I, I think that's important. And I guess like for me, the last one that I would, I would do is constantly look at ways to challenge yourself. Like, and this kind of links back to taking on a hobby, like do something, whether it's in ministry or not, that is going to challenge you to grow. For some of you that might be going back to school, like grad school, um, or getting your, not, not just your master's, but your PhD, or like really being challenged in those classes. Um, it might be like, you know, taking like uh, karate or, um, you know, some kind of dance lesson or uh, that, that's going to challenge you physically, but is going to really help you kind of, again, think outside the box in those regards. Pick up a skill or a talent or something that it can really help you, um, you know, feel uncomfortable because as leaders, we have to be, we have to get used to, this might sound weird, but we have to get used to feeling uncomfortable. I agree. I love it. Good. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, again, if people want to reach out and, uh, uh, um, maybe what we can do, John is put a list together of some of the books that we're reading currently, um, and, uh, and pass that along to our subscribers. Um, if you go to the church podcast.org, you can subscribe and follow along. Um, and, uh, but if you've got tips, if you've got questions you want to share with us, go to questions at, uh, at questions at the church podcast.org. I'm struggling with that, uh, that email address, but just reach out uh, to us at questions at the church podcast.org. You can always reach out to us on social media. Um, you know, John's at John Ronaldo, John Ronaldo.com. You can find me at marathon youth ministry or marathon youth ministry.com. Um, but John, great conversation. Again, we could spend hours talking about this. Uh, if you guys want to spend time talking about us, reach out to us next time you see us at a conference and we'd be more than willing to share our ideas. Uh, John, uh, why don't you close this in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the father and the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. 
<clears throat> Thank you, God, for this day, for this podcast, for this opportunity to learn, to grow, to serve. Uh, Lord, help each and every one of us be intentional about our own growth in ministry uh, and, and create some plans to, to help us uh, become better at what we do all for you, all because of you, and so that we can help people know you through our ministry and, uh, and through the work that we do. So be with us, help us grow, send your spirit upon us uh, to be intentional about that growth and the leadership that we have. In your name we pray, amen. Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit.